In this episode, we're going to hear three very weird and strange encounters. But before we get to the stories, make sure to hit that subscribe button and I'll keep narrating these creepy encounters. Now let's get to the stories. At the time of this encounter, I was a park ranger at a state park in Arkansas. The place was just gorgeous. Arkansas is known as the natural state, since there's so much scenic beauty there. One of the main attractions are the waterfalls. Arkansas has about 300, and some of the best ones tend to be in more the remote and mountainous areas. Part of my job was to maintain the access points to these falls, in order to minimize risk for people coming to visit them. A lot of my days started really early. I would get on the trails first thing in the morning, to check to see if there were any hindrances. Things happen like flooded creeks, quick mud, dangerous wildlife, etc. The rainy season runs from October to May. The best time to see the waterfalls is in the rainy season, since a lot of the falls go down to a trickle in the summer. So I was out there a lot in the wet weather. My job isn't for everyone. It involved a lot of isolation and rugged terrain. I was pretty much always wearing my steel-toed wading boots and carrying climbing tools and ropes and stuff like that. I enjoyed the isolation, though. I've always been an introvert and never was hesitant to get out there alone. One morning, I was headed to a pretty remote area that had been impacted by flooding and long-time water erosion. I needed to assess the damage. It had been closed to the public, and we wanted to make it accessible again. I got up before sunrise and drove out. When I got there, the road went from gravel to dirt, which is common in backwoods Arkansas. Eventually, the road became no longer recognizable because of some of the past mudslides and rock slides. I had to park my truck and head into the blocked area on foot. There was quite a bit of destruction on the old road, and I had to bushwhack my way through a lot of spots. I eventually came up on a creek, so I knew I was on the right path. I had never actually been to this waterfall before, and I was relying on GPS, so I was glad to see the creek. I had to wade through the flooded creek for a couple of miles or so. I was really surprised when I came across an old abandoned-looking vehicle next to the creek. It didn't have any license plates on it. The car was pretty beaten up. As I got closer, I saw a lot of scratches on the metal and a smashed window on one side. The window that was shattered had some type of cloth on it, and there were dark splotches all over the interior. I didn't really want to know what those were from. Maybe fungus or blood. Next to the car looked like someone had made a campsite of some sort. There were some old cans in what looked like remnants of a campfire. There were large rocks around it resembling seats. I noticed that the rocks had a layer of dirt on top of them and had formed this topsoil of sorts. That meant that the rocks had not been sat on in a long time. I wasn't even sure how long the road to this place had been closed. As far as I knew... It had never been open since I'd been hired for that area. It seemed that whatever had happened there had been quite a while ago, but that still doesn't ease your mind when you're in the pretty remote area all alone, no matter how much you don't mind isolation. I kept going with my bushwhack machete, unsheathed in my flare gun at hand. At that point, I was out of the creek and back up on the dirt road. I hadn't gone much further when I was assaulted by this horrendous smell of blood and rotten meat. It was what I imagined a slaughterhouse would smell like. 
It just came out of nowhere. I started to feel this creepy presence, and I slowed my walking way down and started scanning the landscape. When I looked past the creek, I saw a gigantic animal. It was crouched over this big deer carcass. My first thought that it was a gigantic wolf. But I knew there aren't any wolves in Arkansas, and this thing was bigger than any wolf could be. It looked like a werewolf, honestly. It was bent over the carcass, eating. It had very long legs with very little fur on them. There was a huge mane around its neck, and its tail was really puffy. The head was unnaturally large, and the forearms were incredibly muscular. Seriously, if you try to bring up an image of a werewolf, that's the closest I can describe it. By some miracle, it didn't seem to know that I was there. I held my breath and backed away slowly. I felt like I was barely moving. It took a long time before I felt I was far enough away to turn around and make the long trek back to my truck. The whole way I was gripped by a fear more intense than I had ever felt. I had these wild thoughts going through my mind. Like, was that thing connected to the owner of that car? I didn't even want to imagine what might have happened. I notified the proper authorities about my finding of the car and sighting of the creature. I'm really not sure what measures they took to track it down. But the trail continues to be marked as off-limits to this day. I've told a few people about what I saw. But honestly, what are they supposed to think? None of them has ever come across such a thing. That's why I like to turn to your channel and reassure myself that I'm not alone. I wish I had some answers for the things that happen to us on our farm, but I don't. No one does. Some things just stay a mystery, and maybe that's the scariest part, the not knowing. We had been living on the farm for generations. It was a family farm. But for whatever reason, unless my parents and grandparents didn't talk about it, the activity started up when I was already in my 30s. When you're raised on a farm, you have your own alarm clock built into your body, it seems. We'd get up as early as 4, but no later than 6. We'd be so tired from work the previous day that we'd fall asleep before nightfall. I really like farm life. My siblings didn't, so I inherited our farmhouse. In a way, I never really left it, because I was the youngest of us all. So before I knew it, my parents had passed on and I was able to keep it. The house and the land and all the animals. At the time, I wasn't married or anything, so I had a few of my friends live on the farm with me. They grew up in our small area, and I had gone to school with them. They weren't married either. So what better things did we have to do? We didn't have any restrictions or obligations to anyone. We could just live a peaceful life. And we did for a while. We had all sorts of animals. We had a couple of horses, Valentina and Katie. We had some chickens, some goats, and some pigs. And we had plenty of cows. Of course, we had been used to predators getting into our livestock every now and then. Once, we had to hunt down a bear who kept coming to the farm to take our pigs. Our pig pen was down and out towards the foothills. It was easy for the bear, but we did have to put that bear down. But with all that said, I think I know when my animals are being picked off by something like a bear, and not by something that we can't identify to this day. The first time it happened, there had been a mess in the chicken coop. It wasn't terribly late, so a few of us were still settling down from the day. 
We heard some squawking and commotion, so we thought it was a bear that we hadn't found yet. We ran out to the coop. Whatever it was, was gone, but it left a mess of feathers and chicken corpses all over the place. The first and the strangest thing about these events that we had noticed is that the bodies had been left. If this was an animal predator, they would have taken the entire body of the chicken to eat, but they didn't. They killed the chickens, but left the remains. It didn't make sense to me. And when we got closer, things made less sense. The chicken corpses didn't appear to have any wounds or claw marks. Well, not at first. We couldn't figure out what happened to the chickens. We thought that they could have possibly died from some sort of disease. That wouldn't have explained the commotion or the loose feathers everywhere, but it seemed more reasonable than a bear taking the chickens out of the coop killing them by an unknown means, and leaving their bodies. So I called my animal doctor friend who helps me when my animals are sick. They said they'd be down the following afternoon. When they came to inspect the chickens, they were in shock too. They said that all the blood had been drained and that there were two small puncture wounds that were hidden under the feathers. The chickens weren't sick, but something strange happened to them. The doctor couldn't help us figure it out though. So, for a few nights, we took turns keeping an eye on the chicken coop. Nothing happened during this time, so we figured whatever had caused the death of the several chickens must have moved on. We got back to our daily lives. Several months had passed. We were starting to get back into the warmer weather when one of our cows collapsed at midday. We weren't sure if it was dehydration, illness, or something else. And at the time, I hadn't even thought about the incident with the chickens. But my doctor friend came out again and realized that the cow had a very low blood count. And that's when more puncture wounds were found, this time on the cow. Eventually, it moved on to other animals. We couldn't seem to stop it. And some of our animals eventually started losing square sections of their skin. I'm not sure if this was done by the same culprit, but it was really taking a toll on all of us at the farm. At this point, I knew something was picking off our livestock but we didn't know what or how to prevent it. We'd stay up late watching for any sign of what might be doing it. We once thought we spotted something, but it turned out that it was nothing more than a mangy coyote looking for rabbits. Whatever it was seemed like it was very intelligent. It was as if it knew we were watching, because we never did see the culprit. Many more of our animals did die, but eventually the killing stopped. Like I said, My parents and grandparents never experienced anything like this. And if they did, they certainly didn't talk about it. I'm not sure if the creature is an animal or a person or something else. I'm not sure if it hunts areas in cycles or if it gets tired of certain areas and leaves. Who knows? Maybe the one terrorizing our farm died. But whatever it was, it hasn't returned yet. I lived in Montana at the time this happened, near the mountains. I lived in a small cabin with my wife and our two dogs. It was normally very quiet, and nothing really happened out there. One night, my wife ended up staying late at work to cover for someone who called out sick. I was at the cabin alone. It wasn't something that was unusual. I've spent plenty of alone time in that cabin before, and it's never been something that's bothered me at all. I was laying in bed, getting ready to go to sleep when the dogs started barking. 
I got up, thinking that they must just need to use the bathroom really quick. Both of them were sitting calmly in front of the front door barking. It was kind of like they were waiting for someone to give them treats. I walked over to them to see what they were looking at. And when I touched Penny, my Australian Shepherd Rescue, she bit me. She'd never bitten anyone in her life, and I was honestly shocked by it. Right after, she seemed to snap out of it, and she came over to comfort me, knowing that she had just hurt me. It was very bizarre that she had just bitten me. My other dog, Roscoe, hadn't moved from the spot the entire time. I didn't want to move him and risk him biting me too, so I shook some treats and he left the spot and went to eat them. I looked out the window and I didn't see anything that would have alerted them like that. It was weird. I brought them into my room and laid down on the bed with them. Eventually, I ended up falling asleep. The next day, I told my wife about what happened, and we kind of assumed that they must have heard something outside. A raccoon, a possum, or anything. Later that night, I just finished cleaning up after dinner, and I went to take the garbage out to the bin. I heard something rattling in the distance. I turned to look at where it was coming from, and it sounded like it was coming from our garage. The garage was detached, and we used it mostly for storage. But when I went out there, the garage door was open for some reason. I walked towards it and tried to peer inside to see if I could see if there was anything in there. I assumed it was a raccoon or something. I heard this strange chattering noise from the garage. I froze in place when I heard it. It didn't sound like anything that I've ever heard before. I stopped walking towards it and just turned back to go inside the house. If it was some rabid raccoon or something, it was probably best just to call an exterminator. I told my wife and we decided that that would be best. I called an exterminator in the morning and they were able to send someone out that day. I had them take a look in the garage and around the house. They didn't see any signs of wildlife. No raccoons, opossums, stray cats, nothing. I definitely thought that was weird. I know I heard something in that garage. It was all starting to feel very strange. I went back inside and my wife was working the night shift again. And I was expecting to be home alone until 3 a.m. I brought the dogs into my room and got ready for bed. I was nearly asleep when I heard the dogs barking again. I opened up my eyes and saw them sitting in front of the window, just like they were a couple days ago. I jumped up and peeked through it to see what it was that they were barking at. I didn't see anything outside at first. There was nothing running around or digging in the trash, but I looked up and then I saw it. In the sky, I could see these three red lights circling and dancing around. It was close to the cabin, strangely close. Part of me wanted to go outside and investigate it further, but another part of me wanted to run and hide in the closet. I kept my eyes on the lights, and they disappeared out of nowhere. When they both vanished, both of the dogs stopped barking. I couldn't sleep that night. All I could think about was those lights, and wonder why they were affecting my dogs like that. I told my wife, and she thought it must have been some sort of dream. I was starting to believe it for myself, and I actually felt a little crazy. But after about a week later, the same thing happened. I jumped up as soon as I saw the dogs barking, and this time I decided I would have to go see what it was. I ran to the porch and looked up at the sky. The lights danced and coalesced in the air. It was almost hypnotizing to look at. I wanted to run away when I saw them, but I was frozen in place. I woke up the next morning in bed with the worst headache I've had in my entire life. 
I was next to my wife and wearing shorts and a t-shirt. I couldn't remember how I got there. I remembered getting out of bed and going to look outside at these lights. Everything else just went dark. I woke up and told my wife what had happened, and she thought it was just a dream I must have had. My wife didn't believe anything I said about what happened, and she couldn't understand why I was so fixated on it. I just can't shake the feeling that something happened to me that I can't remember. I feel like I need to find out, but I don't even know where to begin. Thanks for watching and let me know what you think of these stories in the comments below. Also, if you want to see crazy encounters captured on trail cams, then check out Dread Captures. It's part of the Dread Network, where we go over live footage of very strange encounters that are sent into the Facebook group or videos that are circulating on the web. Last but certainly not least, check out Lilith Dread. She releases the same great content daily on her channel. You'll find all these links below. Thanks and take care.